Welcome to the Wellness and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. Wellness is the foundation that unlocks your highest performance both mentally and physically and allows you to enjoy life to its fullest. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness and performance lessons that are going to help you to live your best life. So, put on your shoes, head out of the door and start stepping into your potential. Hey guys, this is Coach Peter. Welcome to this episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast. I want to start this podcast by sharing with you something that I finally figured out. I finally figured out why English-speaking people struggle to pronounce my name. So, in the Finnish way, my name is Peter. Peter. But the way that most people pronounce it is Peru. Peru. And... What I realized, the difference is that you have to use your whole face to get those sounds out of your mouth. So you can't just mumble. You can't just keep your lips tightly closed and say, Peru. That's not going to work. You have to say, Peru. So in Finnish, you really have to use your whole mouth. And that is how you're going to be able to roll that R. you got to go from R to See, you really have to use your whole face to get that R rolling. And that is the key to being able to say Peru as opposed to Peru. In this episode of the podcast, I want to share with you something very, very special. Something that's going to be really valuable for you if you are someone who is looking to improve their body composition in 2022. About two months ago, Teresa West and I did a seminar together, actually a webinar which is called the Body Transformation Webinar, in which we talked about the three pillars of body transformation and we highlighted all of the most important things that need to be in place from these pillars that are different aspects of your life and your training so that you're going to be able to get the most out of your valuable time that you invest into your physical training. So this recording, I'm going to put it on in a moment. Unfortunately, it was done through Zoom, so the quality isn't quite as crisp as what you're used to hear. But I guarantee that how applicable the content is, it's way up here. So I hope that you're going to enjoy this as much as I did enjoy making it. And I hope that it's as valuable for you as possible. If you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to send me a message at Coach Peter on Instagram or to send me an email on hello at coachbooter.com. Without further ado, Body Transformation Webinar presented by myself and Teresa West. Enjoy! Alright, well, let's get started over here. So, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your tuesday afternoon this is absolutely awesome that you're um, joining us for an hour here to talk about body transformation talk about muscle building and talk about fat loss so i'm one of your hosts Peter. Um, matt and gavin obviously know me um you know i've been a personal trainer for six years now I specialize in helping people, busy people of all ages to build muscle mass, lose body fat and improve their wellness and health. And my co-host here, Teresa, is my my teammate. Can you introduce yourself, please? Hey there, everybody. I'm Teresa. Um, and yes, uh, I've been a personal trainer for almost four years uh, at Melbourne Central with Peru. At Fitness First, and um, I specialize in helping busy professionals and students and mums um, getting back into shape or getting into their routine with their fitness health and doing so through building strength and focusing on their health and nutrition. So thank you so much, everybody, for coming. And uh, we hope that we can give you lots of golden nuggets to take away today. So let's get into that into the nuggets here so you guys can see this i'm I'm doing this properly fantastic awesome very good so before we get started what's in it for you today so we really wanted to make this into something really really 
actionable for you guys and really applicable. So we want to give actionable things. If you're not getting actionable things, please ask questions because that's usually the best thing. If you're wondering about something, ask questions. And we want to give you actionable items on how you can get better results from your resistance training and from your gym training in general. And we're going to do this by making you aware of a lot of very, very common mistakes that a lot of people are doing. We see this every single day in our practice. And we also want to really pinpoint the most important things that we need to focus on. It's really common to kind of major in the minors and minor in the majors. So we definitely want to be majoring in the majors and minoring in the minors. So we're getting the most out of our invested time into our health, wellness and, and training. So before we get started, though, I need to do a bit of a disclaimer that what we're about to say today, you know, it's not too late to leave now, is what, what we're about to say today is you're probably not going to like it if you're really expecting to see like absolute life transforming results in a really, really short amount of time with no effort at all. And if you're unwilling to adopt the growth mindset, meaning that you're unwilling to take a really hard look at what you're doing currently. And if you see something that makes more sense or makes sense that you can apply into your thing, then being able to adopt that. So if that sounds familiar, then you can, you might want to leave because you might not like what we're about to say. But on the other hand, if you're someone who wants to really think about the long term and think about achieve long term results, not only short term, but long term results, and you're willing to adopt the growth mindset, meaning that you're willing to take a look at what you're doing, you're able to change course and you're able to apply that into your own approach so really the big backdrop of what we do as coaches is we call this our model it's called the three pillars of body transformation model so we have pillar training recovery and nutrition and they really are pillars of the same structure you guys might have heard before people say like okay so it's all it's 50% training, 50% nutrition, or 30% training, 30% supplements, fasting, whatever. No, it's 100% training, 100% recovery, 100% nutrition. If even one of these areas of your structure is on a sketchy foundation, your whole structure is really, really, it's really easy for it to collapse and you're not getting the most out of your training. So what does it mean to transform your body? What does body transformation mean? So it, it literally means reducing the amount of body fat that you have and increasing the amount of lean muscle tissue that you have on your body. And the muscle tissue really is the absolute key because if you go from being overweight with no muscle mass to normal weight with no muscle mass, you you're probably going to be healthier. You're probably going to feel better, but unfortunately you're not going to look that much different. You know, we actually have a term we have, we go from fat to skinny fat. It's the fat is still kind of baked into the name. So the key really not to, you don't want to go from bigger apple to a smaller apple. The key from going from an apple to an orange is that you build the amount of lean muscle tissue that's on your frame. So why do we need to build muscle mass? Because it is absolutely the key to transform the way that you look and the way that you feel. Because muscle is not only important for the way that you look, but it's, it's muscle is absolutely critical for healthy aging and becoming a, being able to support yourself as an older person and also for your metabolic health. Having a lean muscle tissue is absolutely paramount. And some people, like especially a lot of women, they say that, but I don't want to build too much muscle mass. Like I'm a little bit afraid of lifting weights. I don't want to get too bulky. And what you need to realize is that muscle building is actually really, really difficult. And we have two more people joining there. Perfect. So what I was saying is that muscle building is really difficult and you're not going to build too much muscle mass by accident. You're not going to get too bulky by accident. And there's a really funny story of Arnold Schwarzenegger. When he was looking like this, he was in his prime. He was walking on a beach somewhere in California. 
And people were pointing at him. There were people who were laughing at him and pointing at him. They were saying, oh my God, I would never want to look like that guy. Like, look at that guy. He looks like an absolute freak. And Arnold's response, he just laughed. Ha, 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 ha. You can never look like me. Ha, ha. And it's so true. Because first, the guy is Arnold Schwarzenegger. is the craziest genetics in the world. And second, he's literally getting paid to only do that. And there's no way that you can match the consistency, the effort, everything of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And saying that I don't want to lift weights, I'm afraid to become too bulky. It's like saying I'm afraid to cook food because I'm afraid I'm going to turn into a Michelin star chef. Not going to happen. So we're going to go through a couple transformations here that some of my past and some of my current clients have, have had. And the key from looking different on the left to the right in each one of these, doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, it is that you have more lean muscle tissue on your body and that you have reduced the amount of body fat that you have. It's not enough to just lose weight if you want to change the way that you look, but you really have to build lean muscle tissue. And it's the same thing with each one of these guys here. So we're now going to get into three topics here. So we're going to go first one. I'm going to talk to you more specifically about how to actually build muscle effectively and how you should be spending the most of your training time. We're going to talk about the importance of recovery. And then finally, Teresa is going to talk about nutrition and she's going to talk about the effects of always being in this perpetual state of dieting, which is really, really not the best approach at all. So how do you build muscle mass? The fundamental thing that you need to understand about muscle, building muscle mass is that one, muscle building is not easy. Two, you can't just exercise to build muscle, you actually have to train. And there is a big difference between exercising and training. Exercising is just accidental movement that's not structured in any way. You go for a walk, that's exercising. You do some jumping jacks, that's exercising. You join a group fitness class at the gym or you go to a Pilates class, that's exercising. And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking a pool pool and exercise because everyone should exercise every single day because it's really good for your cardiovascular fitness. It's really good for your mind. It really relaxes you. But exercising will not lead you to the, your best physique because exercising is not going to build much muscle mass. On the flip side, what is training? Training is goal-oriented. Training is very purposeful. It's progressive. It's very, very structured. It's a completely different animal to exercising. And when it comes to building muscle mass, how do you build muscle mass effectively? The, really the critical thing to try to drive this point home is to compare getting, building muscle mass to getting a tan. So to get a tan, you actually have to go into the sun. But it's not enough because the sunlight actually has to be strong enough. The sun has to be high enough intensity so that it's big enough stress for your body to actually warrant some adaptations, which is to create a tan so that it's harder for you to get burned. So when it comes to training, lifting weights and applying mechanical tension on muscles, that is the same thing as the sun is to your skin in the process of getting a tan. So the mechanical tension is the stress that you need to apply to your system. And if the stress is high enough, if the intensity, the mechanical tension is high enough, now your body has to create adaptations. And the other thing about getting a tan is that it's not enough that the sun is strong enough but you actually have to spend enough time in the sun too. And the same applies to training and muscle building. It's not enough to do one really good set. It's not enough to do the heaviest possible lift just for one repetition. You're going to need more exposure to the stress of resistance training. 
And only that way, so this is what we call training volume, that is going to lead to adaptations in your body. So we have sunlight plus time in the sunlight. It's very similar to mechanical tension applied to your muscles plus training volume. So training volume is your, how much weight are you lifting? The distance that you're lifting it for, the amount of sets that you're doing and the amount of reps that you're doing. And the thing about all this is that it needs to progress over time. So this is what we call progressive overload. So if you're a beginner, just driving past the gym or looking at a pair of dumbbells through Rebel's window, that's going to build some muscle mass. But as soon as you're past the beginner stages, now your body is more adapted to training and you have to give bigger and bigger and bigger stress to your system so that you can keep getting better and better and bigger and stronger over time. So this is what we call progressive overload. So the three most important things to consider when, when you want to build the most amount of muscle mass and maximize your gym training time, am I applying enough mechanic, mechanical tension to my muscles? Am I giving myself enough training volume of that stress of mechanical tension? And then am I applying progressive overload? So how do you do each one of these? Mechanical tension, the exercises that are the best at producing mechanical tension are so-called compound exercises. So your deadlifts, your squat variations, your pressing, your pulling, your pressing overhead, you're pulling. So these should be the meat and potatoes of your training menu. And then on the side, you might want to have a little bit of dessert. So your dessert is going to be your isolation exercises. So you might be doing some deltoids, some glutes or some arm training, depending on what area of your body you need to focus on. But it really has to be like this. This needs to be the meat and potatoes. And then the icing on the cake is the isolation stuff, not the other way around. And that takes us to some of the most common pitfalls that I see. And I think this can be really, really, I like, I want you guys to think about now, like which ones of these sort of apply to you. So these are the biggest things that people trip on when it comes to mechanical tension, enough training volume and progressive overload. So the first pitfall that I see very, very often, and especially a lot of girls oftentimes are guilty of this is that and guys, is that they just go for the burn. And if you just go for the burn, meaning that, for example, right now I can just flex my bicep like this and I can flex it so hard and it's, it's really like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of work here. But am I actually applying any mechanical tension to my bicep? No. I'm not, because it's literally just gravity that's like I'm acting against my bicep. So mechanical tension is an unconscious response to load. So we need to load the body with external resistance to actually get the thing. So things like Pilates, things like some weird glute kickback that you see some girls doing or some weird you know, rumpy pumpy stuff. Like, yes, it feels like you're doing something. It feels like your muscles are burning, but it's actually the wrong thing. You're not actually getting the big ticket item, which is the mechanical tension. So what to do instead, instead of going for the burn, instead, when you focus on the correct exercises and you progress over time and you apply enough of that to your system, that's going to lead to the burning sensation that you're after, but not the other way around. The second thing a lot of people mistake, and this is what a lot of guys will trap into, is they're like, okay, so I need mechanical tension. I'm going to use really, really big weights in every exercise that I do. And then you're just like doing some crazy stuff, using crazy momentum to move objects from place A to B. That's not enough. You need to apply mechanical tension by contracting your muscles. So you need to, instead of just moving objects from place A to B, you have to contract your muscles to move weights at the gym. And the finally is 
the distance. So the, the important thing about when I said that training volume is one of the important things, many people don't think about distance. They think weight, they think sets, they think reps, but they forget about the distance. Because if I'm doing a bicep curl like this, versus if I'm doing it this way, if I do 10 repetitions of each, by the end of it, I've done like five times more work with the full range of motion approach. And I probably had to use less external weight, which is way safer to probably get a better response for muscle building. So do any of these, um, I would like to throw this back at you guys, like do any of these sort of like um, resonate, like anyone recognizes that they might've been doing something like this in the past any of these yeah which one who wants to throw yeah, themselves under the bus number two number two yeah 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 it's it's that's yeah, probably, probably all of them at one stage <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's it and it's 100 like we've, i've been don't get me wrong like i've been guilty of this um like all the time and well not recently anymore <laughs> but for a long period of time for my, for my training. And it was like, when I, so when you realize like, oh, okay, like there's a bit of a method to the madness and there's these really important big things to tick off, that it's just become so much easier to, to get results. And it's just really, really, um, you know, unfortunate that you see so many tripping on, on these things because they are quite simple when you put it this way, like, well, duh but still so many people trip on these things so this is now um, i want to show you guys the real difference between just exercising and between training so exercising and training when you train it's not only what you do but it's how you do it that is absolutely critical so here we're training this is from one of my clients on week one of his program lower body day on week one you can see, because we've recorded everything, we can see how much total training volume he's done. And we've kept recording everything. And week five, the guy's doing three or even four times more work in some of these exercises. So when we have this data and we're recording like an accountant, we can be really, really happy and really certain that we're actually applying progressive overload and that we're actually progressing with this training thing. And this is another way, another way to see it, like a single leg press results. They go from doing three sets of 18 for 30 kilos. You keep recording like an accountant, and then you can see yourself progressing to heavier weights for more repetitions. And here we've brought this exercise back into his training program. And now we're doing double the weight than we were a couple months ago. But again, if you're not recording your results, you don't really know if you're getting better and you definitely can't apply the progressive overload in the same manner. So that's gonna be the, that's the training piece. And now it's like the recovery piece, because as I said, these are parts of the same structure. We have training, recovery, and nutrition. And why is recovery, why is it its own pillar? Why is recovery so important? We're going to go straight back into our sun tanning example. When you're in the sun, the sun's rays are a stress on your system. But you don't actually develop a tan while you're in the sun, right? Like when you're in the sun, you're literally burning. Like if you stay long enough in the sun, it leaves me with my finished skin. And some of you guys might have seen how much zinc I have to use on my nose when I go surfing. If I stay in the sun for long enough, it gets really, really bad. I'm going to burn. I have to get out of the sun and take the stress of sunlight off my system and allow my system to recover. And only after the recovery, I can create an adaptation. I can increase melanin production in my skin. My skin is going to become darker. I'm going to be burning less. It's going to be harder for me to get burned. So sun exposure followed by recovery, leads to a tan. Training 
followed by recovery leads to muscle growth and increased performance. But if there's no recovery, there is no adaptation. So this is another place where a lot of people get tripped up is that they focus on their training and they focus on applying a lot of stress on their system, but then there's not enough recovery. And if there's not enough recovery, it's like doing a full month's worth of work, but when it's payday, you're just like, oh, I don't wanna get paid by the way. Um, you can just give it to that guy there. Um, yeah, <laughs> not, not the best approach. You wanna get paid for the efforts that you're putting in, in at the gym. And the recovery piece is absolutely critical. So what's the specific thing that we need to focus on when it comes to recovering? It's gonna be sleep 100% every day of the week. Why do we need good quality sleep? Well, first of all, just the obvious stuff, like when you sleep well, you feel good. You have energy, you have motivation, you're going to be training harder and you can give yourself a bigger stress on your system to adapt to. From a health perspective, sleep loss and deprivation of sleep has been linked to be at the root of pretty much every single, all these chronic illnesses that are rampant in our society these days. Cardiovascular problems, brain problems, neurological problems, cancer problems, all these things can be traced back to lack of sleep if there has been some. So sleep is absolutely critical. And you might ask, well, what about this body transformation thing? Can I lose fat and build muscle mass if I'm not sleeping? Well, um, I might have some bad news for you. So there was a really interesting study in 2010. And the title of the study very much spills the beans because the title is Insufficient Sleep Undermines Dietary Efforts to Reduce Adiposity. So in plain English, in normal language, lack of sleep impairs your ability to lose body fat, even if you're on a diet. So in this study, we had 10 overweight individuals who were healthy. They were all adults. They went to the laboratory twice. Each time they went to the laboratory, they spent two weeks there. While they were in the lab, absolutely everything was controlled. Everything that they ate, everything, all their movement, everything was controlled, and especially how much they slept. On both occasions, they were put into a calorie deficit, meaning that they were giving them less calories than what their bodies required for metabolism. And because of that, on both times, they lost an average of three kilos of weight. The only difference between these two visits to the lab was that on the other occasion, they slept five and a half hours a night. And on the other occasion, they slept eight and a half hours a night. So what were the results? When they slept five and a half hours a night, they lost an average of three kilos of muscle mass, but they only lost a quarter of it in fat and three quarters in muscle mass. On the flip side, when they slept more, when they slept eight and a half hours a night, they still lost the same three kilos because they literally ate the same diet, but now they lost half muscle, half fat. And these guys weren't even lifting weights. Like if you're in a real life scenario, you'd obviously be lifting weights too. So you could actually presume that they would have lost even less muscle mass and they would have lost even more just pure fat. But the conclusion from this diet was that lack of sleep is really bad news for your physique. Because remember, we want to reduce the amount of fat that we're holding and increase the amount of muscle mass that we're holding. And it wasn't, if that wasn't enough, the other problem was that when you only slept five and a half hours a night, you had more hunger. You experienced more hunger. Your blood sugar levels in response to your meals was higher. And also your circulating hunger hormone levels was higher. So we have this one, two, three punch. We have when you lose sleep, you lose less fat. You lose more muscle. You're going to be more hungry. And because you're more hungry, it's going to be harder for you to stick to your diet in the first place. So conclusion there, sleep loss really, really um, not, not, not such a 
good thing. How does this, is this um, something that, you know, now that you're thinking yourself, you're like, okay, but there was that time when I was, I was really meticulous on my diet. I was really good with my training, but then maybe the sleep thing, maybe the recovery pill hadn't been brought up to par. And maybe that's why you weren't getting the results that you were expecting from your training. Does this resonate with anyone at all? Yeah. 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 Always work. Shift work is definitely something that, um, yeah, hasn't helped the, hasn't helped the situation in terms of getting a good eight, eight hours plus a night. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Um, I guess, like in terms of diet wise, just making sure that I drink plenty of water, but also, you know, getting out and getting plenty of sunlight as well in terms of, you know, getting, getting that stimulus to, to sort of not upset my circadian rhythm. Yeah, that's a really, really big thing. And that, that's a great takeaway for everyone here. So what Matt's saying is that we're, our body loves to be in a rhythm and this is called the circadian rhythm. It's the, our biological clock, which operates roughly on a 24 hour basis. And each morning when you view sunlight directly into the eyes, that is a very strong stimulus for your body clock saying that this is the morning right here, right now is the morning. And then your body is going to act accordingly. You're going to have high levels of energy. You're going to have high levels of arousal throughout the day and then because your body remembers that there was that period of really bright sunlight in the morning as the day goes on and as there's less and less light your body recognizes that and it starts preparing you for a great night's sleep and this is something that nowadays because we have incandescent light i'm gonna just press press the switch and pretty much have full midday you know, it's not as bright as full midday sun, but it's still bright enough to disrupt your body's nat natural rhythm. So a really good takeaway from this is like, how can you improve the quality of your sleep? Get early sunlight early in the morning or any kind of bright light. If it's, uh, even if it's a rainy day and cloudy day, if you just go outside and you just look into the clouds for a period of 10 minutes, that's enough of a stimulus that's going to leave an imprint into your brain that this was the morning. And then on the flip side, later on in the afternoon, turn the bright overhead lights off, avoid looking at your screens, avoid any bright lights for a period for usually an hour before going to bed. And you're probably going to be sleeping much better. And apparently you're probably going to be losing much more body fat and maintaining your muscle mass much easier from that. So that's gonna take us to the third pillar. So we have training, recovery, nutrition. So nutrition pillar, Teresa is gonna take over and she's gonna to talk to you about the effects of always being on a diet. Awesome, thank you. All right, so um, yeah, I'll be talking about diet and nutrition um, as being the third important pillar of our body transformation. Um, for today so this one kind of hits home a lot for me uh, because I'm actually going to be 30 this week and I think it's quite safe to say that over the course of my adult years especially being like a female millennial and having social media and everything like that I think always being on a diet has really played like its toll on um, yeah on my adult years before I was a trainer and before I met through so this one really hits home for me. Um, and yeah, let's keep going. So Prue, I'm going to have to get you to change the slides for me with this one. Um, so let's quickly talk about nutrition and why it's such a massive component of body transformation. Um, and, you know, you guys have probably all been working with your health and nutrition and wellness for a little while. So you understand, yes, if you don't have... Um, nutrition and training together it is a little bit harder to get those long-term results but basically you know it, our nutrition fuels all of ourselves um, where it fuels our muscle tissue and allows us to recover and build that muscle tissue 
It also gives us the nutrients so that we can think properly and, you know, make those decisions to, okay, am I going to train today? Am I going to go for a walk today instead of sit on the couch and have a relaxing, um, you know, scroll on Instagram or whatever it might be. And we can also use nutrition as a way to kind of manipulate things like our hunger and our satiety um, and also some of that lethargic feeling that we might get after a big meal um, and how that then affects how the rest of our day pans out. So nutrition is really important from that perspective. Um, so I've got a little video here on the next slide and we'll just have a little re uh, watch through that one. Thanks, Prue. You can have fruit snacks, but you can't have them right now, okay? You gotta wait. You gotta wait until mommy and daddy come back, okay? You can't eat these yet. You gotta wait until we come back. I'm gonna leave them right here. Don't touch them. Wait, okay? We're gonna come back. Don't wait. eat them yet. Don't eat them. We'll be right back. We just gotta go get something. Just go, just wait a second. Awesome. So can anybody kind of see the message that I'm trying to get across to you with this cute little video? Has anyone seen that video? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the message I'm, I'm really trying to portray here is that kind of, okay, if I give, if I turn on food restriction, if I limit myself from having carbohydrates or whatever that one thing might be, um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, okay, we've got to eat whatever we want every single day because that's also not the solution to long-term body results. But when we're continuously trying to restrict ourselves from either calories or carbohydrates or whatever it might be, unfortunately, that kind of that little inner child in us will just, yeah, try to find a way to sneak it in. And then that's where it might just kind of blow up on you. Um, thanks for if you can change to the next slide. So guys, always being um, on a diet and the psychological effects that come with that, you know, from our practice and from our own experience as well, unfortunately, that just isn't the, the um, answer to getting a long-term long success from your diet. So as we go on to the next slide, we'll be able to see one of the symptoms that might appear when we kind of go into this long-term either low calories or food restriction and you can see here the tales of the weekday dieter so maintenance calories which is this black dotted line this particular um, let's say for this person is 2100 calories so if you're staying at that amount you're uh, eating that much food, 2,100 calories, your body is either burning that or using that amount of energy on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, so if we're, if we're hitting that tick, 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 then you're going to stay where you are. However, when we go into a, um, a, diet, a deficit, uh, and let's say we choose 1,400 calories, okay, you can see under your maintenance calories, this is where you're going to start to lose weight. And hopefully, if you're doing a weight training and you're getting your sleep, you're doing effective training, then you will be losing body fat and holding on to that muscle. However, what we start to see is when people go into too much of an aggressive diet or they're dieting for long periods of time and not having diet breaks, we start to have what's called the tails of the weekday dieter. All right, it's Monday. All right, guys, I'm going, to, I'm going really well on my diet this week. I've, I've meal prepped. I've got everything organized. We, we get to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We stick on, on to our plan. Come Friday, oh, I've got work drinks. All right, I'll just have a couple. And unfortunately, we have a little bit too much of a good time and we've shot all the way up to 2,800. Whoopsie, it's okay. Saturday, Sunday is coming. I'm going to be a little bit, a little bit better. I'm going to control myself. 30th birthday, Saturday. Oopsie, had a little bit too much, too many drinks again, or maybe I, you know, indulged a little bit. And then Sunday, 
you know, the same thing's happening. And by the end of the week, when you have a look at that weekly average, unfortunately, you're actually above your maintenance calories, even though, you know, at the start of the week, for four days of the week, you were dieting pretty hard thinking, all right, I've got this in the bag. And that's unfortunately something that we see all too often. And it's just not sustainable. And you're just spinning your tires in the mud and unfortunately not really getting where you want to be long term. And um, another thing that we start to see is, oh, actually, before we go there, can anybody kind of, um, can anyone relate to that one at all? Or at the moment or in the past? <laughs> Definitely. Come, come the weekend, it's like, you know, loosen up the belt a bit. And, and, and you know, I guess particularly in this period of time too, with the last two years going in and out of lockdown, you know, the amount of people that want to catch up <laughs> the moment, the moment you're sort of trying to get things back on track, whether it be the gyms opening and you've got all these social events that come, come through again. Um, you know, just the amount of people that are trying to have a moment of your time. And that's definitely where I, I feel like spinning the wheels in the mud and that you could be good the whole week. And then it's just these weekend blowouts that are really undoing all that good work. Yeah. Awesome, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, you put it into really good words there. Um, and yeah, I think it's just having those, um, you know, that knowledge and understanding of, okay, how can we pivot? Obviously, like, you know, we want to have those special moments with our mates and our family and our friends. We haven't seen them. We haven't had these social experiences. So it's, yeah, it's being able to have that um, ability to pivot through the week and be able to fit everything in and still tick all the boxes. Um, so as we'll go into the next slide, which Prue is going to go through us, he's going to be explaining um, also another uh, symptom that happens from this yo-yo dieting and always being on a diet. Yeah, so this rides along with completely hand in hand with the tales of the weekday diet thing. So this is the, the yo-yo approach. So in this graph, what you're looking at here is on the red, we have your body weight. On the dotted line, we have the how many calories you're eating. And on the blue, we have your metabolic rate, meaning how many calories does your body burn each and every day just to sustain itself. This is to digest food. This is to produce heat. These are bodily processes that are ongoing. If Even if you were lying on a hospital bed, you're going to burn some amount of calories. So in this scenario here, we have a scenario where so you, you decide to go on a diet. So you reduce the amount of calories that you're eating. So the dotted line goes down. And as the dotted line goes down, your body weight goes down as well. And here's the thing. Biology is way smarter than us because our bodies and have evolved to resist dying from starvation. And how that pans out is that as soon as you go into a calorie deficit, meaning that there is less energy available than what you require, your body adapts to that by reducing the amount of calories that you burn through your metabolic rate. How many calories you burn at rest will reduce because your body is thinking, ooh, if this calorie, calorie deficit, if this hardship with calories goes on for a really long time, we need to burn less energy. So we need to become very nifty with the little energy that we have. Also, what happens is that you will move less unconsciously. So now you're burning even less calories by, because you're moving less. So there's very, two very important things that we need to consider is how the body adapts to calorie deficit. So in this approach, so you went on a diet and maybe your approach was so aggressive that you couldn't sustain it for long enough to see through long-term change and you rebound it back. And even though how many calories you're eating is just slightly above where you were before, actually now your body weight has shot way up and your metabolic rate has stayed down. And this is simply because it takes a while for the metabolic rate to drop and it also takes a while for it to come back. But in that time, when you're in the bottom there, your body is in a place where it's really easy for you to put on more weight because you're burning less calories 
through your metabolism. So, and the thing with this is that each time you do it, so that you do another diet here, and this time your approach is even more aggressive, and this time your rebound is even more handsome, but look, watch this. Because you've dug your metabolism even into a deeper hole, now it's the body weight is going to rebound even higher, but the metabolism is going to stay more and more suppressed. And each time you do this, it gets worse. So you're in a situation where it's really easy to put on weight and it's really hard to lose weight. So that's really not a, not a good approach. So what's a better approach? This is oftentimes called reverse dieting. You could just call it purposeful dieting with a, with a solid, solid approach. And in this approach, we chose an approach that it was easier for us to sustain it. We were actually able to sustain that approach for long enough so that we saw our body change in the way that we wanted to. We saw our body weight drop. When we finished our diet, we didn't rebound, but because we had a purposeful approach and we decided that when we get to this point, we're gonna stop the diet and we're just gonna maintain. We call this the maintenance phase. You're not trying to lose any more body fat. You're just trying to maintain where you are currently. And while you're trying to maintain your current body weight, this red line here, slowly, slowly, you increase the amount of food that you're taking. And because you're doing it more slowly, because you're not doing these drastic changes, now your metabolism is going to adapt with you. And in the end, you end up into a completely different scenario. Now you're in a place where you've actually managed to lose body weight, but your metabolism has stayed up. So now if you want, now you can actually go into another diet, depending on how much you have to lose. Now you could go into another diet period and you could simply do this approach again. And this is the the way to go and this is that why dieting needs to be taken very very seriously i had a chat this morning with one of my really long-term clients and with long-term clients sometimes it's like they this guy's like super stressed out so he's like has like a million things to think about in his life and i'm, not, I'm just happy that he's training but sometimes it's like he actually reduced his work from working five days a week to four days a week and you can just see like how much happier he is how much more energy this guy has so today he goes so i dropped my calories i'm like okay so where did you drop them um how how much have you been eating these 1400 calories okay so like that's not that's that's going straight from here boom straight into the basement and as soon as you drop those calories your body is going to start adapting just like here you'll see great results for a really short period of time, but then you're going to plateau because your body has adapted. What are you going to do? You dropped calories to 1400, your body adapted. What are you going to do next? You can do more activity, sure. Let's increase your activity. You're back in calorie deficit with eating 1400 calories. But then guess what? Your body adapts again. What are you gonna do then? We have to reduce calories less than a thousand thousand calories. If you're eating that little food, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to be a really unpleasant person. And long term, when you're eating way too little, you're risking things like osteoporosis, bone loss, and many many other things, especially muscle loss. That we don't want to do that. So it's a much better approach that we're definitely and actually Teresa is going to go into it now is to be always eating more and doing more. And Teresa, if you want to take over and, um, and go into that and explain the analogy here. Absolutely. So on this slide here, um, the Yaris, that's our yo-yo dieting approach. So sorry to anybody who has a Yaris in, the, in our seminar, but basically this guy is a clean machine. He's just going to go from Melbourne to Sydney of one clean tank of fuel. So not, not really burning much energy, okay? You don't have to feed him a lot, but he can go a mile. So we really want to be the Mustang, okay? Sexy muscle machine, bit of grunt, 
We're going from Melbourne to Geelong in one tank of fuel. Okay, so he's chewing through a lot of fuel, a lot of energy. So we want to take that analogy of, um, you know, into a fat loss phase or into long, long sustained um, fat loss, should I say, or being leaner. You want to be the grunty muscle car um, that goes off a lot of energy, but, you know, looks pretty slick as well. And how do we do that? For long-term results, it's better to sit at a higher level of calories with a leaner physique. Now, I know for a lot of people, you might think, okay, what if I eat more? Aren't I going to just put on more weight? Well, that's where you come into with the, um, with the high amount of leaner mass because that's going to bring up your metabolism. It means that your work capacity is going to be much better at the gym if you're stronger as well. All of those um, parameters that Peru mentioned with volume, um, increasing strength, okay, all of those things means you're going to be in a position where you can eat more and essentially move more, burn more energy, stay leaner. Um, and if we move on to the next slide, this is kind of two scenarios um, that I've been through back in 2008 and 2021. And the picture in 2018, I definitely didn't get as leaner for this particular um, for this particular shoot as I did last year, and it's because I was always in this restriction mode. Um, I definitely had to pull my diet down to 1,100, some days even less. It was horrible. I was not a very nice girlfriend. Um, I was not in a great mood a lot of the time, and I had to do a lot of cardio, and definitely plateaued through that particular dieting phase. Um, whereas versus this past year, after taking a lot of diet breaks, most of the year I actually sit at maintenance. Um, and then if I want to get ready for a photo shoot, all I have to do is bring my calories down very slowly um, and to a smaller amount. I, I'm actually training less by here because I've, you know, I've built the strength, I've built the endurance and the volume. Um, my, I'm focusing more on steps per day as opposed to hit sessions and no cravings and definitely a much nicer girlfriend. Um, yeah. 100%, 100% um, I can attest to that. Yeah, beautiful. And what has Matt said? The more muscle you have, the more fat you burn. Puri, can you answer that one for Yeah, that? so actually it's really interesting. Um, the amount of like fat is actually metabolically active as well meaning that just more fat on your body will burn some amount of calories. Obviously, muscle tissue is more expensive. So muscle tissue is going to burn more calories. But like the impact on your metabolic rate is actually not that significant as what many people think. But the other thing to consider is that when you have more muscle mass, you're also likely to be stronger. You're probably going to have a better develop cardiorespiratory system too meaning that your output the amount of work the amount of total training volume that you can sustain and you can get put your body through is going to be higher so therefore you're going to be expending more energy so yes long story short <laughs> yeah yeah so that really um does anyone have any questions about that or any anything that sort of re you're relating to like this last discussion point about the tales of the week that diet we kind of talked about that but then the the yo-yo diet or the, this kind of an approach did that ring any any bells with anyone at all and like from myself like just from the i think um kind of where I, where I started talking about with, with my old uh, my client today is that when he wanted to go straight to reduce calories to 1400, I said, no, we're not going to do that. Instead, what we're going to do is that we're going to actually get you to eat more. We're going to get you to eat more for at least a period of six weeks to allow your metabolism to speed up a little bit we're also probably going to be able to maybe put on a little lean muscle tissue because we're going to be at this time during this time we're going to be eating a little bit more 
we're going to be having more energy for our training sessions. And during this time, we're really preparing his body for this period of dieting. And then in six weeks time, when we go into a calorie deficit, now we can actually start from a higher point. So you're going to have much more cards up in your sleeve. You're going to have many more aces in your sleeve if you begin your diet, dieting process with eating more calories. You can drop your calories because your body will adapt no matter what. But you start, if you start from 2000, you have many more drops to go than if you go from straight to 1400. Like you literally have no room. Your runway of your successful fat loss dieting is going to be extremely short and you're very unlikely to achieve big enough results that you're actually after. We have a question there. Um, so just something to make it really actionable for you guys. I've just popped in um, and it's quite easy to find these calorie counters online. Um, I know that some, you know, for some people it can get a little bit um, hesitant to count calories, but I think just having that education in terms of knowing where my maintenance levels are is really important just for a longevity as well. And from a health perspective, knowing that you're getting enough fuel into your body to recover and fuel, uh, you know, recover and fuel your body and your brain. So just quickly, this particular one, if you go in there, um, there's, there's many different algorithms, but this one's pretty good. And you can just put in your um, weight and everything like that. And it'll spit, spit out a maintenance calories, um, rough estimate for you, if that's something you're interested in. Yeah. Thank you. Is uh, macros as important as calories or is it just a mix of both? Great question. They're part of the same pyramid. The block of the pyramid that calories occupies, by the way, this is for the goal of improving body transformation yeah. because it's a little bit different for, for health, but for, for body composition, calories occupies the biggest block by, by far. Then the next one is your macronutrient split. So, you know, your, how many grams of protein you have, how many grams of carbohydrates you're having, how many grams of fats you're having. The second block, sorry, the third block after that is nutrient timing. So I think it's 50% calories, 20% macronutrients, 10% nutrient timing, meaning when do you actually have those, that protein? When do you have your carbohydrates? When do you have your fat? After that, it's food composition, meaning like your, your the quality of your food, believe it or not, like, you know, organic versus non-organic for the purpose of pure purpose of body transformation, because health is different. The food composition is actually a much smaller piece. Okay. And then at the very top of the pyramid, this small little block here, is supplements and this is another example of like we spoke before is like majoring in the minors right most people have this thing completely flipped upside down only worrying about supplements and missing these these really these big ticket items here which is the calories and the macronutrients okay yeah absolutely you don't have to count calories but calories absolutely count and okay. initially it's a really good idea to count calories because you become much better at guesstimating how much energy you're actually consuming. Yeah. So there you go. How awesome was that? Those are the things that you need to focus on if you want to build as much muscle mass as possible and if you want to lose as much body fat as possible. And if you want to take action on the information that you've just learned, you can do so by downloading the free body transformation Kickstarter guide. So this Kickstarter guide includes a seven day meal plan. It includes a seven day shopping list that corresponds to that meal plan and also 10 delicious nutritious recipes that Teresa West and I gravitate towards the most often when we want to cook something that's healthy, nutritious, and makes you feel good and gives you energy. The guide also includes sleep optimization strategies 
and a seven day training program with all the sets, the reps, the exercise that you need to perform to maximize your time in the gym. And also I've included a video demonstration link to each exercise and those are done by myself. So you're basically going to have me over there at the gym with you instructing how to get the most out of these exercises. So that's going to be found either on the show notes from the link or from coachpure.com slash free guide. If you have any questions about anything that was covered in this seminar, make sure to send me a message on at coachpure on Instagram or hello at coachpure.com. If you know of anyone who you think would benefit from this information, you feel free to share this recording with them as well. I would appreciate that a lot. And if you want to really show your appreciation to the podcast, it would help me out a lot if you left me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you left me a rating and a review on Google when you search for Coach Buru. I'll put the link to that into the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your support for the podcast. I appreciate you a lot. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic rest of the day. This is Coach Buru. Let's do this.